Welcome back to the Wise Divine Woman podcast, where I help you go from fed up to faith-fueled, helping you to become the wise divine woman that you are called to be. Today, I have Dr. Diane Mueller in, and she has an incredible lineup of uh, of websites, products, availability, and testing available. Today, we're talking about libido. I know this is a hot topic for so many women. And another time, we'll talk about her other products that she has and new launches that she has. But today, we'll stay on topic with libido. Tell us, Diane, how did you get here? How, what brought you to this point of really wanting to help women understand their sex drive, energy levels, and their, you know, everything that kind of comes up in perimenopause and hormonal imbalance. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me today. And to jump right into that question, there's really several things. Like there's always for so many of us, a personal story that allows us to get into these various topics. So you know, I have my own personal story on going through periods of time from really low libido during chronic disease or during like poor relationships or even after a sexual assault. And so many of these different types of things, right, can can trigger their a low libido. And so I have my own personal story with it. But beyond that, one of the things that I started seeing in my initial work with mold and Lyme and some of the things I do that we're going to talk about another time was that when we get to chronic disease treatment and when we start treating these deeper root causes, even when people don't come to see us sometimes for a libido, all of a sudden libido is getting better. And you know how we're in these healthcare professions that even though though I'm not a licensed psychotherapist, people wind up, of course, once there's that safe space, talking about their relationships and their love life. And so it just really came out, the libido practice really came out of not only my own work, but also out of this curiosity with my own process, but also the process I was noticing in my clients. So started studying a lot, took other classes, started studying sexology, from a lot of different methodologies and backgrounds, anything from Taoist traditions to more formalized traditions, as well as studying with a lot of sex coaches and relationship coaches Mm -hmm. to really learn how to talk to people in this broad way about this particular topic. It's fascinating. And and it's so true. As you get to uh, come alongside women and create relationship and understand their their health challenges, it then does become limiting beliefs. And, and then that whole stress mechanism and how that impacts everyone in so many different levels. And it's again, one of those um, just natural processes that happen with um, marriages and, or as we age and uh, libido seems to be one of those underlying little things that happen especially when marriages are uh, either troubled or um, long, like over 20 to 30 years long, right? And as we have all seen, I'm sure you have as well, so many couples during this post-COVID are separating. And again, it's this really trying to understand why, but uh, so many women, right? Just trying to rekindle their own sexual desires, rekindle their uh, relationship 
from that aspect as well. Is that something that you've seen in your practice? Do you find it more relationship or do you find that women just don't have it? Yeah, great question. And, you know, really in getting to the root causes is, you know, that's some of what I hear in your question, like what really is driving the low libido? And there's so many things. So to tease things apart one by one, I would first of all say it's not like a either or an answer to your questions, oftentimes a both and plus a ton of other factors. So you mentioned stress, right? And so we can start there because that's, I think for many people, just like the most common thing that people can, can grasp. And, you know, we're kind of in this pace in our first world country that provides us a lot of things, you know, like traveling around the world to second and third world countries and comparing it to like what we have here, at least, you know, in the United States and then, you know, other first world countries around the world, Canada, Europe, and beyond, we are access, we get access to things at high speed. You know, it's one of the things that we get in a first world country. And with that comes benefits, but with that oftentimes comes extra stress, right? And we're doing so many things from the day to day just to keep up with things. So one of the things, and this kind of ties this, your first question and your second question together, because one of the things that becomes really interesting, right, is, well, how do we deal with stress and what does stress do? Everybody has this whole thing around stress and stress is bad and stress causes insomnia and belly fat and aging and all these processes, right? But one of the things that stress will actually do for most people is cause a lowering of libido. Now, there are a few people out there when they get stressed, all of a sudden their libido revs up. That can happen. But for most people, you go through the day and it's work and kids and dinner and whatever else, you know, you're managing around soccer club or chess club or whatever it is. Right. And then at the end of the day, well, how is there any time left for libido Oftentimes there's not even, you know, time like people struggle with exercise and getting to bed on time and where are you going to fit this in? And so stress is number one. And the other thing I will say about that before pausing, and then we can move on to some of these other um, root causes is one of the other problems with this picture of why I really feel passionate about topic talking about this is the vicious cycle that people get into. So the vicious cycle is oxytocin, for example, the one of the hormones that we release during intimacy as well as other other ways oxytocin serotonin we release during intimacy these types of hormones help us manage stress they help us feel better from stress they help us regulate our cortisol stress hormone so this vicious cycle gets created where stress lowers libido then we're not engaging intimately and then we're not having these these amazing regulatory hormones that come back in and basically help with lowering that stress. So we can go on to other root causes, but I just said a lot there. So I want to pause and see if you have any comments. I love it. It is a a vicious cycle. And it it reminded me of this aspect. If you exercise, you get more energy. So exercise, of course, raises both of those aspects of hormone. And then again, increase your likelihood of having a better libido as well. And I, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, CrossFit, although CrossFit would probably raise your libido, Um, but lifting weights for women is something that we we don't recognize uh, because we don't want this bulkiness or this weight gain. But I would have 
hazard to guess that if you are doing some weight lifting, you're also increasing those chances of raising those hormones that would entice you into more libido. And again, creating a beautiful snowball effect of increasing your serotonin and better sleep and then better mood and feeling better. So I love the, how you, you brought that into play. And I just think that's incredible. What are some other uh, root causes for a low libido that we may not know? Thanks. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And just one quick comment on what you said, which is, yeah, testosterone, in fact, will raise, especially with like the, the hit, the high intensity interval training and testosterone is a huge libido driver. And most women out there are starting to really understand that we do need testosterone as women. And it's not just for the guys, but just to make it clear that like as women, it is really important, not only for our sex drive, but for healthy muscle, which is actually going to you know, prevent anti-aging and that sort of thing. That's really helpful as well. So then to go on to other root causes, there's a lot of different things that we can talk about. But one of the things that I think is pivotal for people to know is oftentimes low libido is a early sign of a cardiovascular disease. Because cardiovascular disease, remember cardiovascular disease typically is widespread, right? So if people have cardio, like a plaque buildup, usually it's happening pretty widespread around their body. There's a lack of blood flow. And with men and erectile dysfunction, we think about that because the Viagra and some of our ED drugs are really designed for that, right? But for women, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of un, untalked about as far as the cardiovascular system. And our anatomy works in many, many ways as women, very similar to men. We actually need that blood flow and that blood flow there is actually driving hormones to be released that do things such as vaginal lubrication. So while hormones are a very common thing and while there's oftentimes changes through perimenopause and not often there, there are changes through perimenopause and menopause with hormones, right? We can actually trace that back also to often having a circulatory effect. And especially if the low libido is happening pre, you know, pre-menopausal when you're still a very functioning, bleeding woman, that is a very, very big sign. If you are experiencing low libido, that maybe something is off in your cardiovascular system. So it's a really good reason to get that looked at. And, and that's an important workup. So we've mentioned at this point, we've mentioned some hormones mm -hmm. and by hormones, of course, we mean all of our sex hormones. So estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. We also mean adrenal hormones. So that brings in stress hormones such as cortisol and DHEA. Even our thyroid can play a role. We've mentioned mm -hmm. cardiovascular. We've mentioned stress, which is also related to the adrenals. And then we can also talk about neurological root causes as well as psychological root causes. Wow, that is a big suitcase to unpack. That is for sure. I think that light bulb moment for me was I already, from a thermography point of view, we already know and see, um, and I understood as erectile dysfunction as being that first signal to heart disease that men don't know. And I never put that in place for women, which makes so much sense. That was like, that's really good <laughs> because it, it's so important, right? And we have to um, understand that again, these little signs and symptoms of our body can signal bigger things down the road that we're not aware of. So that was 
Wow. That was eye-opening. That's incredible. Do you have like on your website, the Libido website, which of course will add all this great information on the show notes, you must have a checklist for women to try to check off and say, wow, is this something that I need? And, and, um, a process that they can kind of uh, revel in to understand how important it is to connect with you. What I'm actually working on right now, so you're getting the the preliminary information is I'm working with a programmer right now to develop a very, very high level functioning quiz, combining things like questionnaires that are research-based also with my clinical experience. So that is not actually up there yet, but I, yeah. I'm waiting because what I've really, we're really working to do with this is some really cool back end stuff that is going to be a lot more uh, helpful from a diagnostic perspective to say, not only is your libido low, but truly like, what are the chances that it's truly cardiovascular and and what are the action steps? So I wanted to do that, do that quiz that, that clearly you're telling me I'm on the right track with this. So I wanted to do it in a way that will, you know, really serve people at a very, very high level with the actionable steps at the end. So that is in development Right. right now. Right. But what you can get on the website that will go through some of this and will and will at least help you ask yourself some questions, understand these root causes a bit more is I have a free ebook on there. And it's basically the five steps to revive your love life. And so we go through these five major categories that I'm talking about and give you actionable steps uh, to actually take as far as looking at hormones, looking at your cardiovascular system tests you might consider. So that is on there. That's incredible. And I thank you for, for mentioning that, but I think it is, I think you've, it's fine and, and easy to say here, take this and that's going to help you increase your libido and, or take B. And I think you're finding in your practice that it may go deeper than that. And we really need to address that before thinking we can just increase our libido and that will solve all your problems in the world. Right. I think our, our, our knowledge, your knowledge and the things that you've come across in your practice is really telling you to Maybe we should not just keep be keeping ourselves at the surface of health and the result and the outcome, but maybe we should be repairing those key foundational health aspects that are really going to benefit in the long run. And I love that you've really uh, dug deep about that and that I'm looking forward to seeing that. I've loved your website and I love the other website as well. And you, and you produce such incredible information every week. So, So what are some, what are the five key things? Let's say, I know you have the five testing things, but what are some really five things to really help someone today increase their libido? So one of the first things I would say is become more embodied. And so what do I mean by embodied? And this is, this is so important, especially for women, not saying it's not important for men, but Men, the way testosterone tends to act on the brain is it helps men to be very, very, very focused. Mm -hmm. And women have a much more diffuse type of awareness, the way estrogen and progesterone work on our brain. Um, Alison Armstrong is one of my favorite people who explains this concept so, so, so well. 
But essentially because of that, and they both have their pros and cons. There's not like, you know, this isn't good or bad, right? There's benefit to being super focused. There's also benefit from being super diffuse in awareness where you get to hear the kids crying while you're having a conversation with your friend while you're folding the laundry and you can see all the different things that need to be done and cared for. It's a beautiful gift, right? None, none of these are bad. They're just different. None of these are good. They're just different. They're both, you know, both have their challenges. So anyways, now that we've cleared that up. So essentially embodiment and why I'm connecting that to embodiment is because the experience of intimacy and the experience of libido is truly connected to the experience of being present. Mm -hmm. And that's basically connected to the ability to feel your own pleasure. So I sometimes ask in front of, if I'm speaking in front of people, especially to women, how many people have ever been having an intimate moment with their partner and all of a sudden the mind is like making the grocery list for the next day, right? And like pretty much every hand goes up in the room, mine included, right? So it's almost like the benefits that we see with meditation, with prayer, these types of things. It's like the, the whole point is to come back, not the whole point, but one of the points is to come back to the body yeah. and feel the experience of the body. So the way that I find most people do that from an actionable way is anything that actually is of the body. So this is through dance. Mm -hmm. This can be through breath work. This can be through visualizations. If this is, um, you know, if you're even into, I know you work with a lot of people in the, the Bible community, the Christian community, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And and so if you're from that side of things, it's like reading a Bible verse and feeling that in your body, feeling yeah. what that feels like, feeling that what that is like to connect to God, right? So this can look a lot of different ways, depending upon your background, you can make this work for you. But that's really the, the number one thing I would say is start practicing that internally on a day-to-day -day basis. And then when you're in an intimate moment, if you notice your mind run to the shopping list, that's okay. Just remember that you've been practicing the body exercises and bring them back to bring yourself back to that pleasure. It's also when you're going to release more oxytocin. And good this is know, also when you know, have more yeah. bonding and stress reduction and oxytocin will make you sleep better. It's been shown to be linked to self-confidence more and more. So that's my tip number one. Love it. You want me to keep going? Yes, go. Yeah. Okay. okay. So number one, embodiment. So number two is really do all these five, you know, kind of categories that we've already talked about. So the, I didn't go deep into two of those, but you can find those online. So doing yeah. those lab tests. So we don't need to go into that anymore because we talked about that. Number three really is involved in your relationships. So what are your relationships look like as women? Most of us do not do well if we do not feel safe. As men, most men do not do well if they feel like they are not able to provide something, right? So we have these, these core different needs that are stereotypical, but are very general. They're generally true across the genders. And so if you're not feeling safe as a woman, if you're not feeling like you are showing up in a way of providing certain key components as a man, it's very, very difficult to bond. And so that bonding, right, and communicating, I recommend communicating in a way where you're communicating outside of the bedroom, especially about intimate acts. So since we're talking about libido, one of the things that will happen sometimes is that we're not having a libido 
because we don't, we're not having the type of intimate experiences that are unique, have, that actually fill our own body up. And so through media, through porn, through a lot of different things, people have their framework of like, this is what sex is supposed to look like. And that's not typically true, right? So having a level of conversation outside the bedroom and a lot of what I work on with people in my practice is how to have these conversations in a way that feels safe, that you can get someplace with. But the idea is, to really begin to learn what is the way that your pleasure body responds and how to communicate that to your partner in a way that they can show up for you that way. Because frankly, we don't know what the other human wants and what feels good and what is going to provide that unless we have these kind of conversations. So that's three. Four is develop a relationship with yourself. And so we see this is another vicious, vicious cycle where we can see, see, you promote self-confidence, libido. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sorry, we had lost connection for there for a second. I lost your voice. So yes, connection with self, which again, don't overcome, like even as from a, a Christian faith point of view, we are um, the temple. We are to care for our bodies and we are to understand that. And it's something that I teach women, one, to understand their bodies, right? So doing self-breast exams and even doing vulva exams, because we need to know if there are lumps and bumps. We need to know if there's any oddities in texture. We need to know those types of things. So again, even from any faith point of view, it you need to understand your body. You need to understand yourself and it's not being selfish. It's really understanding you as becoming the greater person or becoming all that you can be. So yeah, sorry. Oh, my mom was, oh yeah, my hair. Yeah, you're there, go. Okay. My mom was telling me recently about a Bible study course she was taking and she was saying one of the, the teachers in the course was saying and quoting something from the Bible where it's basically like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And then the way the Bible study was framing it as like, if you don't really deeply love and know yourself, you can never actually love your neighbor as fully as you should. So kind of in your example there, it's like, even from biblical you know, studies, there's this concept of, hey, the self, if we're loving other people like yeah. ourselves, how do we tune in to know ourselves more, to have more confidence? Because that is actually how we project that out and love other people even more. Yeah. So working on that kind of stuff for oneself is so, so, so helpful for libido, for relationships, for stress, for all these different hormones. It's like this, the cool thing about this topic is it's just a web of interconnection. And it's like, it's like this, you know, we start spinning the wheel. It's like, we get more close to our relationships and in, in our in relationships because our libido is working. And all of a sudden our hormones are more balanced. We're sleeping better. There's more um, happiness around the home, right? It just, it just trickles down. Mm -hmm. So the final thing that I would say here is a very, very important thing. And the final thing is foreplay and foreplay is not that thing that you do for five minutes before the grand act, right? And so I really like people to understand foreplay actually starts in good, healthy, intimate relationships the moment the act ends. It's that, you know, it's that sweet text you send your partner. It's that, that you know, rubbing your, your partner on the back. It's that 
looking at your partner, you know, in the eye with that like special, you know, look and gaze. And one of the tips to foreplay also goes back to the understanding of dopamine and novelty and why that passion is there in the beginning and gets lost oftentimes later on, Mm -hmm. which is that we don't create the space to allow the desire to happen. So making sure with like foreplay, there's that, that tease, right? of what happens at the beginning of the relationship where it's like, okay, you're so excited to see that person and they send a sweet text and then you send something back and then it's like, okay, you're about your day, right? And so it's it's like that that sort of tease that's like the dopamine system sends dopamine and says, oh, I'm motivated, I want that. And then there's nothing in that space. Guess what the body does? It kicks out more dopamine, which is more desire. And then maybe you send another flirtatious text Mm -hmm. And so that, that is that foreplay. And that's huge for evoking that libido is you want that foreplay between acts, but you want enough space to allow the dopamine motivational system to trigger in order to drive you back to that intimate moment. It's important. It's a dance. It's a relationship. It's a dance. It's, it's all that fun stuff you did dating. It shouldn't have to end you know, in marriage. So it's, again, really important keys, Diane, I just love it. And I just look forward to uh, hearing what are my readers or my listeners have pulled out and reamed from that five points. And I think it's amazing. So I understand you are in a summit coming up at the end of November. Tell me about it. Yeah, I am co-hosting with Dr. Betsy Greenleaf, a good friend of mine and a board-certified gynecologist. I'm co-hosting a sexual dysfunction summit. So all all ages is definitely adult content, but you know, men and women welcome. We'll be speaking to both genders. And essentially we have about 50, I believe it's 53 experts from around the world, researchers, scientists, doctors of all different types, sex coaches, relationship coaches, uh, Kegel coaches, people to help you learn how to do Kegels correctly, because most people aren't doing that right on and on and on and on. And while the summit is going on, it's totally free to attend. It's on live. So it's live streamed. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Kickoff date is December 12th. So it's coming up. And so I assume we can put a registration link in the absolutely, the absolutely. And I think it's important because there is a lot of sexual dysregulation out there in the world. What is expected? What is not expected? And again, right back to those Kegels, a lot of women do not do them correctly, um, thinking they do and then wreak havoc. And then they that's why there's such a beautiful uh, pelvic floor therapists out there in the world now. So it's amazing. And I'm sure you'll talk about all the different devices, all the different hormones, all the different people and the research. And I love that you're doing that. And it is so important. Oh my goodness. So important. It really well, is. Thank you. I hope you I, all attend. Thank you. I will. So thank you. I thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. If you could leave one word of wisdom out of everything that you've been gifted in your life, what is one word of wisdom that you would give my listeners today? Mm, One word. Trust. Mm, Very good. Very good. Yes. And why trust? Trust because I think the body knows inherently when something is out of balance, something is in balance. I think so many times we can 
listen to, you know, doctors with white coats and I'm a doctor. So it's, you know, I say that lovingly to myself, but I also say that in a way where I think sometimes what can happen is we hear our authorities and we forget to listen to our own inner wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the wisdom that we are, you know, the, that we are given as humans is so, so, so divine and entrusting that is just, I just think it won't lead you wrong. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Diane. I think it's incredible. I look forward to all the good work that you're doing and everything that you have coming up for the rest of this year. Congratulations on the summit. And I look forward to being, to listening to it and uh, being live with it as well. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure.